0: Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Alison Colley. Hello and welcome to episode number 65 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. I am a Solicitor and Employment Law Specialist. I run my own business, Real Employment Law Advice, where I provide advice and assistance to employers and employees who are having problems at work. The purpose of this podcast is to provide updates on what's happening with employment law and with HR best practice and it's aimed at managers, business owners and HR professionals, although of course it is, I would hope, interesting to other people as well. So if you're interested in employment law, then this is the podcast for you. This week I'm featuring a particular case which has been in the news a lot lately and one which has been rumbling on for several years and it's to do with holiday pay. So without further ado I'm going to get into this week's featured content. So this week I want to bring you an update on one of the cases that's been going through the various levels of the Employment Tribunal, Appeal Tribunal, and now courts, Court of Appeal, with regards to holiday pay and the calculation of holiday. Now, for those of you who have listened to the podcast for a while, or who receive my fortnightly newsletter updates, will know that there have been various cases going through, um, in both in domestically, so in the UK courts and tribunals, and also through Europe, through the European Court of Justice with regards to how you calculate holiday pay. Now this case is the case of uh, British Gas and Mr Locke and this is one that has just been decided by the Court of Appeal and basically as I say I have discussed holiday pay and holiday pay cases in my previous episodes so if you want to go back and have a listen you'll find those at episode 48 and episode 10 So more information on that in those episodes. But just to give you a bit of background, in case you haven't heard of the case of Mr. Locke and British Gas, uh, Mr. Locke was employed by British Gas from February 2010. And his role was one of sales. So he had to bring on new business customers for British Gas. Now, his salary was something like £14,670. And he was also entitled to a commission scheme. Now his commission was substantially more than his salary and so he was getting commission which actually topped up his salary considerably. Now when he went on holiday Mr Locke was only paid his basic salary so it was about £1,200 a month instead of what he would normally get by way of commission. Which I think it worked out something like 60% of his pay was commission. So when he was on holiday he didn't actually get paid that commission, or I think the way that it worked was that commission, as in most cases, was paid a couple of months later or a month later than the month in which it was earned. So he would go on holiday and then he would find that he'd have a shortfall in earnings. Now this happened to him in uh, between the 19th and 30th of December 2011 when he took holiday, and so he made a claim to the Employment Tribunal for unlawful underpayment of wages or deductions from wages, to the sum of 1,500. Now he argued that he was losing out, that holiday pay should include his basic salary and his commission. Now in this case, because the rights for holiday and holiday pay come from Europe, the Employment Tribunal referred the case to the European Court of Justice to decide on whether holiday pay included commission as well. So in the UK we've got the working time regulations which implement the working time directive which is something that comes from Europe. And because the working time regulations are supposed to fall in line with what the working time directive says in order to get a better understanding of the requirements of the working time directive so what Europe say the Employment Tribunal referred the case to the European Court of Justice and that's the one I have reported on previously. And the European Court of Justice said that yes it should include commission but nothing further was added. So it came back to the Employment Tribunal who decided in Mr Locke's favour that he had suffered an unlawful deduction from wages because his holiday pay should have included commission. Now British Gas argued that there's no relevant provision within the UK legislation, so within the working time regulations, to say that it should include commission and that the the law sh- that we have in this country shouldn't be read in that way. So it went to the Employment Appeal Tribunal, the Employment Appeal Tribunal again interpreted UK law in line with what Europe said and said that yes, we can basically amend the interpretation of the working time regulations in order to include commission as part of the payment. And so then British Gas appealed once again, and so it was for the Court of Appeal this time to look at the issue and to decide whether holiday pay for somebody who has normal working hours, so like Mr Locke had normal working hours, whose pay doesn't vary by the amount of work that they do, should be calculated to include just as basic pay or the the results-based commission. So just to recap there, British Gas was saying there's nothing within our legislation that requires an employer to pay somebody who has normal working hours and normal pay commission when they're on holiday and Mr Locke was saying yes there is because it's come from Europe. What's interesting about this case is obviously as I say it's one of a number they've been going through. But it was noted by the Court of Appeal that this is a claim where there are 918 other employee claims against British Gas that are relying on this decision. So they've all been placed on hold while this case is decided. Plus there are thousands of other claims that are similar to this by other employees. So the outcome from the Court of Appeal was that they too, as with the Employment Tribunal and Employment Appeal Tribunal had done before, Added, essentially added a new subsection to the working time regulations. So they said that we can do this by statutory interpretation in order to achieve what the European Court of Justice said was required by the working time directive. So that is to say that when calculating holiday pay, that workers are entitled to be paid an amount which reflects the commission that they would have earned should they have been at work at that time. What's unhelpful about this case is that there was no guidance given to employers to exactly how you go about calculating that commission. So what they've said is they've limited it to contractual commission, so commission which is set out in contract for employees, but they haven't said how you would calculate that. So employers are left now scratching their head and wondering, how do you work out what to pay somebody when they're on holiday? Now, in my opinion... It would be fairly straightforward if commission is a regular thing. You could take the last 12 weeks of your pay, which is what you're required to do for somebody who's on holiday who doesn't have normal hours and normal pay. So somebody whose pay and hours vary week to week when they're on holiday, you take the last 12 weeks and you take the average and you pay them that. If you've got a commission based scheme where somebody gets a regular amount each month or each week, then I think that would be a fair and reasonable way to do it. But it has also been suggested that you might have to look as far back as 12 months in order to make sure that you're paying the correct amount. So that is to say, if there's sort of fluctuations in the amount of commission throughout the year, or if you only pay commission quarterly, for instance, then you'd have to look over the last 12 months. So what's come out of this case is that the Court of Appeal are following unsurprisingly the same line that's come from europe in terms of interpreting uk law so that it includes commission but they haven't gone any further than that and so as i say we know that you have to pay commission for employees on holiday but or an equivalent amount should i say to commission while someone's on holiday but we don't know how you go about calculating that and where the lines are drawn Now this certainly isn't the end of the story, I have to say, because I understand it's been reported that British Gas intend to seek leave to appeal this case to the Supreme Court and so we're likely to have further judgment there. So until the case is decided again by the Supreme Court or there is another case which comes along and further guidance is given to employers on how to calculate normal pay for holiday, it is still up in the air. One question that I have been asked by employers about this case is how much of an impact this will have given the fact that we have obviously voted to leave the European Union and we won't necessarily be bound by their rules and restrictions, obviously subject to what's negotiated as part of the ongoing trade deals with Europe. We may not have to adhere to these directions from Europe after that time. So it could be that the government after Brexit decide to repeal this decision uh, to change the law. But my feeling is that's going to be unlikely to happen. The current government have indicated that they are going to maintain existing workers' legal rights. And therefore, I think there will be a commitment to keep the working rights that that employees currently have. If the issue isn't resolved through the courts to the satisfaction of employers and employees, so there's no certainty there, then there might be further legislation to amend the working time regulations to include specific details about how you calculate holiday pay when it comes to commission. But again, we're talking a couple of years in the future. So, what should you do if you're an employer? and you do run a commission-based scheme for your employees, well, the first thing to do is to have a look and see, is this a contractual scheme? Is it guaranteed? And do you pay it regularly? And if that's the case, then I would reconsider how you're calculating holiday pay if you haven't already done that, and certainly seek some advice about the specific circumstances for your business. And I'd be happy to chat through with you with some suggestions on how you can go about doing that depending on your circumstances. And you can always get in touch with me by email. It's Allison at realemploymentoradvice.co.uk or I'm happy to have a chat on the phone. You can contact me on 02380 982 006. As I mentioned earlier, I have reported on various of holiday pay cases, both on the podcast and in my newsletter. So if you listen to the podcast regularly, but you don't receive my newsletter, then I would recommend you go over and, and sign up there because I do cover different cases to the ones I cover on the podcast and you can sign up online on my website which is adviceforemployers.co.uk. There's a small sign up box there, you just put your email address in and then you can sign up and you'll get the fortnightly updates. Once again if you do have any questions that are specific to your circumstances then do get in touch and also if you have anything you'd like me to cover in the podcast or if you have any experience of dealing with um, cases in the employment tribunal or any particular tips and hints that you want to give to other employers or HR professionals, then do please get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening this week. I hope you have a great week and I will speak to you again in two weeks time. Thanks again for listening. just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you, that the information in this podcast is for information only it's general review and a general update it's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances so please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast but please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice